0: Art Next Door Prepared by Tuche Eran Art Next Door features the independent art scene in Neukölln and Berlin Free scene Community-based art Socially engaged artistic practice Artist-led project spaces Emerging and Young Artists. News and interviews will be broadcast in Arts Next Door on Keith FM.
1: Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining this new podcast. Uh, Today, I'm talking to Claire from Artistania. Um, Thank you so much for accepting my interview request. Um, So could you please introduce yourself, Claire?
2: I'm Claire, and uh, yeah, I was invited as a part of the team of Artistania, and uh, yeah, I'm a half French, half German, living in Germany or in Berlin since 11 years now, and uh, yeah, I work in the field of art as a performer, as a, a painter, and uh, yeah, I also do a lot of project coordination in Artistania, and uh, yes, I'm happy to be here to talk more about this organization.
1: When did you start Artstenia?
2: So I started with my partner uh, Sabat Sereteli and uh, we started in 2012 as actually in our (laughs) apartment we started to build puppets and uh, props and then we started to have this idea of having an organization who can bring people from different backgrounds together through the mean of art. And the idea of this organization started when I was actually 18. <laughs> uh, after the school, I went to travel in West Africa with my best friend with a theater show. And there we had a very, very rich exchange with artists there. And we noticed through the mean of art, we could actually establish another way to communicate and have overcome some barriers that are, yeah, <laughs> quite a lot between Western and African and uh, white and black so through the art we could actually enter in a real process of exchange and a real a more deep process of understanding each other and from building a show together through working on the arts, um projects it could uh, yeah it could bring us much more closer and um bring also yeah shakes this um stereotypes or this uh yeah hierarchies that are often in different cultures. So this was actually the start when I thought, okay, this is actually a good tool to to bring people who have very different um, backgrounds, who have um, different privileges together. And yeah, this idea was still in my head because this experience was uh, very rich and very uh, yeah, inspiring. And so when, uh, when I studied in Berlin, I still had this idea in mind and then, I shared this idea yeah, with my friends and then we started to make art and then we said, okay, let's make art also as a way of, as a social form. I mean, we don't want art to be only <laughs> something like to, to gain status and to uh, to be for yourself, but we want art to be a tool for social um, Social change and a political tool. So, yeah, all these ideas came together in 2012, and we decided to create this association where we want art to bring people together. And uh, yeah, we started in our living room <laughs> uh, with seven friends because, as an association, you need to be seven in Germany. So, we asked uh, our roommate, uh, different friends, like if they want to join the process. Some people were just there because they liked us, some people liked the association. And Basically, we put um, yeah, 100 euro together, open a bank account, and made this that like the status in Germany. So we <laughs> we found uh, something on internet, we copy paste, and we arrange it in with our words. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of a legal process we have to went through. So you have to declare it, go to a notary, etc., etc. So yeah, 2012 was a start and. Uh, yeah, we had our first meeting really in our little home, and uh, um, yeah, it started to expand. We worked in festivals, we made a little show, then we made a tour, and yeah, slowly it was growing and growing. Then some friends of mine said, like, yeah, we are moving out. We have an apartment which uh, has a big, um, a big room, and then we moved to this place, which was a kind of industrial apartment, and we had a a room extra for the association which we transformed with a stage and so regularly there we were organizing workshops little concerts and so it, it gets very popular because yeah it was very accessible <laughs> and uh, yeah so we transformed also this it was our living space half association space so when we were having events we were putting all the private stuff in the back rooms and transforming it as a event space <laughs> and yeah we had some troubles because of course it get too loud and too many people came and our landlord went crazy and then yeah we were kicked out because we had too many people coming <laughs> so we were like really in a crisis at this moment and then we it was in 2014 yeah and we had to look for a new place and uh, then it was another step for our organization where we. Spend several months looking for spaces and of course as a little association with artists it's really hard to find spaces you need (laughs) actually to have a lot of capital and showing that you're super rich uh, if you want to rent a space (laughs) and uh, we didn't have any money we were uh, freelancing and having no regular income and so on so yes we we looked for a long time and uh, finally randomly we found this um place. I mean, through a friend, we found this uh, place in the a former kindle brewery in Neukern. So it's an uh, industrial place. And it, we, it was at the underground of this place, completely abandoned, full of trash, uh, dark, rusty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was all very, let's say, yeah, abandoned and dark. And then we said, okay, it's probably the only space we can take as a as people who have no income or regular income and we said we we may be not rich but we have a lot of power and a lot of energy so we we think we can do it we can transform the space we slowly uh, entered the space and started to transform it so we cleaned we built walls installed electricity put the toilet and so on and so yeah it was a uh, first 6 months really in in construction and developing the space and I mean, it's still developing and we are still working and making construction. But yeah, so in 2015, our organization took another, another shape because we had the space. And then um, we kind of grow and we had a space outside of our home. And it was really getting a more institution outside of our private circle of friends. And yeah, so with the space, our association went another step. Um we we started with a lot of people, a lot of friends around us and it was kind of <laughs> everybody had a different idea what to do with the space. So uh, this was also a bit like a learning process because we we all had our projection about what to do with the space and of course we as a founder of the organization for us it was very important that the spaces um, interdisciplinary, it's uh, accessible, it should be like for different social projects, accessible etc. Et and then there was also a lot of musicians who wanted just to rehearse and have their studio so we had like a different interest in the space. And then yeah, it was, it was a difficult phase also to bring all like okay, which is our common goal, which is actually what do we want to do with this space? And so yeah, now it's kind of divided, we have a exhibition space uh, and the stage room are accessible for public. And then we have behind uh, now, I mean, it developed with a 10 rehearsal room studios where uh, musicians, dancers, and uh, artists are working on their own projects. So we have kind of part which is more public and associative and uh, for the, yeah, yeah, visible. And the one part that is more private project and, uh, artists working on their own
1: so basically with the rehearsal rooms at the back so these are the members your community who can access or are you also allowing other artists to come and rehearse use rehearsal rooms how do you arrange it
2: that's an interesting question because yeah we we had this space where everybody was a member and everybody who wanted to join the place was becoming a member and then we were a lot of people <laughs> and we were discussing a lot. And you probably know this from other collective spaces the plenum, and uh, everyone gives his salt for everything. And <laughs> we noticed okay, some people just come to rehearse a song and then they have the right to decide on very crucial points of the organizations. And then we decided to actually divide people who are really committed to the association, to the goals of the association, and people who want to work on their private projects. So. People who work on their private project, they are not members, they are sub renters or users of the space. And then there's people who are committed to the goals and the approach, philosophy of the association. So uh, we really differentiate now this because before it was a mix of people who want to come uh, use the space and then also decide on associative matters while you work on actually your private project. Mm-hmm. So we, we make now this uh, thing that we have as. Smaller team of people working for the association, and people were, uh, yeah, using the space.
1: Mm. But is this, is this uh, rehearsal rooms also support economically the association for the future events?
2: Yeah, I mean the rent is super high despite its urban space. <laughs> we we I'm have
1: surprised. a. Um, <laughs> that's I'm surprised. I was expecting yeah, that yeah, they would just give I you mean, at this for free for a while, so you ran away and then they just give the life to the space, no?
2: No, I mean, we, we had the chance to have a person who trusted us, like this, uh, our famita, uh, landlord, uh, gave us a lot of trust in the beginning, but he said, like, slowly it will increase, so we have the step by step increase, and for now, we are really up, uh, at the at the maximum, I said, and the um, thing is, at the beginning he gave us, yeah, like, a small price, and the uh, Price increase, but for for the fact that, of course, it's a place that we put the value inside because this place was nothing before us. Uh, yeah, we are we are paying a lot, and so the studios are. I mean, we are in the center of Neukern, and people know that this kind of huge. I mean, it's more than thousand square meters. We have it's very precious. They know <laughs> people know that this space can be really rentable, and um, so. Yeah, they know that even they could even rent it um, more than what we pay now but yeah the studios uh, are helping to finance the um, collective space let's say so we have the thing that we have uh, um, I would say before corona we had like events and we had workshops and more things that were financing uh, 60% of the rent and 40% by the studios and now we try to have more by the studios as we cannot do events and receive public, but still want to save the space and not to give it up. So we are, yeah, trying to find strategies to to make it survive the pandemic.
1: Yeah, mm. uh, recently I was also talking with a colleague of mine from our space uh, because we also have a similar situation that we share the expenses and then we use for our private event, uh, private purposes plus. We had this public events where we were also generating little income to sustain the space. Uh, whereas now it's only depends on the rents that we pay to share. So it's getting a little bit also um, mm. complicated because some members had to quit because they said they cannot pay because their income has gone due to the corona lockdowns. But I totally understand the, uh, the worry, the concern how to survive and then we have been thinking how many project spaces uh, or artist run projects can survive out of this lockdown. Mm. So this question also leads to, okay, how the governments or states or public funding or private funding can help to to, to, just to um, save the free sea. What do you think Mm. about it? Maybe this is a little bit, off question that I have introduced earlier, but the conversation led somehow. I'm just curious, well, how do you see it now?
2: Yeah, I mean, we see us as an um, organization who touch different uh, things. Like, we are pretty hybrid. We touch the social, we touch neighborhood, we touch culture, we touch art. So, we see us as a very, yeah, let's say, hybrid association, which is a very, for us, very nice, but in a lot of um, points we cannot be put in a cassette category. So a lot of these fundings are working with very strict categories. So you are either a theater, you are either this or that. <laughs> so now we are calling each other a cultural center, but we we are also much more than this. We are also studios. We have, I mean, so a lot of things often we fall out of the categories that are very conventional and very, let's say, oriented on what is already since 50 years or something like this, while now in Berlin a lot of creative spaces uh, fall out of these um, categories for the fundings or for the state support. So for us, this was a bit um, a problem also like we, for example, all this Corona helps, you need to have, a you know, a, a finance helper, you need to have employees, like there's a lot of things that, you know, conditional things that you're like, oh my God, I don't fall in this, I don't have this. So... For us, uh, we got a bit of support, but uh, (laughs) far away from what what we needed. And yes, like I was uh, talking with my colleague and say, wow, we did such a great job. Like one year long, we maintained the space without having like missing 60% of our normal income. And we still manage with crowdfunding, with fundraising, with this and that. We, We manage, of course, we are late with payments and we have a... Always like open bills, <laughs> but we still manage, and we we um, sometimes like okay, is it worth all the effort? But then we think like, well, it would be such a pity that this kind of place really vanishes. So these a, a bit the broader picture that we need also as a political act to to maintain the space, not just because it's a nice space and we like it, but as a political act to say no, it, the space needs to survive. What would become Berlin without these kind of spaces. And we we struggle a lot. We, um, we don't count our hours. We work mostly <laughs> without money, but we think it's necessary because, I mean, these spaces are the, the space where people take inspiration for their daily life, where um, conventions and power structure are questions. And uh, um, yes, uh, subversion can happen. Uh, critical thinking can happen. Um, encounters can happen. I mean, all the things need spaces and our space gives the possibility for all this. So yeah, like also bars and cafes are places where people meet and exchange and uh, criticize and think, reflect about things. So um, you cannot do this only in front of social media. <laughs> you need actually to exchange with uh, real people and you need to actually meet people who are outside of your bubble you need to meet people who are not echo chambers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> find differences mm-hmm. and this this space is where there's um, uh, events where there's neighborhood projects where there's social projects actually bringing people who are very different together so it's very necessary for a healthy society to have the space and it's yeah it's kind of pity that um, there's not a uh, for me it's very pity that there is not a protection for the spaces concerning the rent. I mean, like now we see with the Mietendecker what is happening in Berlin. That we renters we are the last uh, considered. I mean, we we have no protection. We we need to pay. I mean, a Gewerbe is like um, commercial contract. I have no protection. If we don't pay the rent for two months, we are kicked out, even though we have like a lot of investment in the space. So there's no uh, no real institutional protection for for places like us. I would expect in the time of pandemic that you say, okay, people can have a delay of six months paying and they will cover then the thing. Or is it this kind of protection more uh, more strong because of course we are missing income and it's not our fault. It's not because we don't work. <laughs> and uh, yes, there's basically no protection. We are very always at the edge and scared. And yeah, this precarity is, uh, I think, it's institutionalized because, yeah, there's uh, there's really this um, big protection of the landlords somehow that is, I mean, uh, we have luckily good landlords and their understanding, but still it's uh, it's very, uh, very fragile relation, you know. <laughs> we had to get also a lawyer and talk to know our rights, but the lawyer said, like, you have no rights. <laughs> you are you are actually like really not protected. And yeah, that's, that's a reality of um, cultural places like ours, that we are not protected.
1: So before the Corona times, uh, you, ha- you mentioned about how the structure of the community and the association uh, transformed through the time. But I'm also curious a little bit more how this decision-making uh, situation shaped throughout this uh, foundation? Mm. Because you already started to tell a a little bit about it, but it's also interesting to understand this uh, collectivity and togetherness and working together, making decisions together. I can understand that there have been also individual projects uh, that everyone just pushed what they have been interested in uh, through Mm. the space. And then it's a kind of a mediation for them. But I'm Mm. also curious how you make this decision-making to sustain the space, not necessarily economically, but also concept-wise.
2: Yes. So when we started, as I say, we were very small, and basically we were two person really into the thing. So the idea was that uh, we were two really. I mean, yeah, three person writing really like the philosophy, the goals, and the main uh, yeah the main point of the association. So we had this really. Um, half a page of what we want and what is our goal, so it it, it was pretty precise. <laughs> and then people uh, joined us, but they didn't even read this text, which was uh, sometimes. I mean, it, it's half a page, so it was not really long. <laughs> but sometimes people just like the space or like the vibes and they say, "Yeah, I'm part of it," you know. And it's like, okay, but yeah, you need to to still join a bit the main ideas, which is not. Um, not so complicated and not, uh, uh, yeah, not so difficult to get, you know, <laughs> but sometimes people are, yeah, I don't know, in the enthusiasm so they know a friend and they want to join. And it's not about um, reading all the status and so on, but it's getting to know what, what was the main philosophy. And we had this problem that, yeah, some people were very motivated to help, but really didn't really share the same ideas. So this was a, a bit our... Um, I would say learning process in this community building <laughs> that now we we are more careful about this because um we were a big group, and some had completely other ideas, and now we are we are a smaller group, but we we know that this small group, even though yeah we are very small we we share the same values we share the same um orientation and perspective for the future of the association so for us now I mean we we prefer this, um, this small uh, constellation as a big constellation where we need to debate a lot of basic things that we think it uh, it's was at actually at the start of the association. It's the main goal is to make social project with art. And if you are just working on your studio, for us, it's not enough to be part of the association. You need to consider also uh, social work. And um, yeah, so this was, I would say, uh, roughly speaking, the main interest problem, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, and through the time, so yeah, we, we had like to be like, to be a bit strict, like say, like, okay, if you want to join the association, you need to, to be also agreeing with this principle, and you need to make a social project, and that's why now people who are involved in the association, there are people who are running their own, also like, their own projects, but with in agreement with the goals of the association. So we are more like this, that people have an idea, they say, ah, for example, we have a photographer, he said, "Ah, I want to work with teenagers um, about um, visions of futures, and I will make a fundraising for this. And we say, yeah, it fits perfectly the ideas, and then uh, do it. And then the association helps to implement this um, idea. And so that's how we work now, that people come with ideas, we check, is it fitting the association's goal? And then we say, yeah, let's go. And the the, um, team and the association supports the um, implementation of this Mm. idea. And it's not like uh, our association works a bit different than others that we we are more, um, I would say, friends circle, very like tight circle. And we support each other. I mean, we we try to support each other and we are not like, um, I would say, a democratic, uh, um, very uh, with a lot of formalities like voting and so on. We are more in the discussing and a meeting, drinking a beer together and brainstorming together what we can do. So because, yeah. We are working since a long time together and we, we kind of know each other <laughs> and we are not this kind of very formal um, formal organization where there's like a, a meeting a month and where there's a, a list of people and the voting rights and so on. No, we are more uh, informal and say, hey, let's meet Monday evening. We, we have a topic we want to discuss about this or there's, there's this request. What do you think about? And then we discuss about it. yeah it's uh it's only possible this i would say in a small group with people who trust each
1: other Mm. you are also using the outdoors of your space no it's just the corner events that you have been also organizing in relation to the neighborhood
2: yeah i mean we had this two-year project which is called Nette Ecke, where we try to yeah do workshops every... like We had workshops three three times a week in the streets. So we were really intensively working in public space. And uh, now we are working on a new project, it's a carnival. So on 12th of June, we make a big parade with different organizations working around the environment. So yeah, it will be the carnival for future, so a parade for the environment. And it's very hard now to organize the project as we dreamed about it, because our goal was to make like workshops where we talk and discuss with the neighborhood around environment and do creative work with recycling and so on. But of course now all the regulations makes us, uh, this project be like, okay, we prepare on our side and we try to involve people from their homes, <laughs> but it's less this community and uh, neighborhood um, networking that we we wanted. But let's hope that still we can, we can bring people together, even though it's so it's so hard now.
1: Since you have mentioned about this certain institutional structures and compare with the other instit- other project spaces or collectives, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I ask this question as well to the interviews uh, during this podcast series. What do you think about this institutionalization of a project space or a collective space? from your perspective, how do you understand the notion of institutionalization? Uh, because at the same time, this brings a lot of um, burden. <laughs> for, uh, I
2: for mean, a, are you talking now about decision-making or generally? No, about, in
1: general, uh, yeah. infrastructures and then not decision-making maybe, but...
2: I mean, for us, we hope more and more to be institutionalized. I mean, it's for us. Uh, as I say, we are very fragile as a small entity. And more we institutionalize, more we are recognized, more we are strong, and more we can also defend our interests. So for us, it's, it's kind of good step to get institutionalized. But of course, we want to keep our freedom. That's what we what we have as a small entity that we we can do what we want uh, and without, uh, yeah, fulfilling the interest of somebody else. <laughs> and so, yeah, we are. We have, of course, this dilemma of sometimes like, ah, we could um, actually be under the umbrella of this and that and be more, more protected maybe. But then we have to commit to so much um, rules and to so much, um, uh, yeah, strict uh, processes. That for us it's like also nice to be like, hey, if we don't want to do something, we don't do it, and if we. Uh, if we have a crazy idea, we can still do it, and we don't need to have all these bureaucratic steps to do it, you know? So, yeah, there's this both sides. (laughs) To save the freedom of uh, this very independent space, like, I would say, subcultural and underground space, while becoming also strong and being able to develop uh, more network and more uh, establishment, Within the local politics and so on, so we yeah we have this uh, dilemma, of course. <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. Are you also applying for uh, longer programs in in the public funding systems, or you prefer to just keep it more uh yeah, I mean, smaller. So there's students. almost no
2: programs that are helping structurally organizations. So it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, also established very big organizations, they work just on project base. And that's actually the, yeah, the ne- neoliberal side of the social work that we are just working project by project and the long-term visions, uh, it's not really uh, possible with the funding system we have now. I mean, it's really, uh, it's really rare that you get a structural, uh, funding for, for example, rent and loans, and um, these are very few places, very, like, yeah, or very established creators, or they have this uh, regular support from state, but um, if you see the, most of the organization, it's um, short-time project, every time new fundraising, new fundraising, new fundraising, and which, yeah, which is very critical, because um, what we want to do is a long term impact. So for example, we have this neighborhood project and we, we start to build connection with the people and to get to know what are they need, their needs, their interests, and gain the trust of maybe communities that have no trust in the in the people outside their family and their community, you know. But then funding stops and we, we cannot work because of course we need to be paid also and we cannot just Make three workshops a week uh, in the public space for free, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, this things is like it should be long term visions, and often it's like, okay, you start project and then when it starts really to blossom it's it's funding is over, and you need to start from the bottom <laughs> and that's that's a pity in this uh, in the structure of funding I find that it's something every time over two years maximum and when when you want to build social ties and you want to strengthen the community around you, of course it takes a long time, you don't do this in one month, you, you do it in a, uh, over years of work. And uh, yes, this is not really valued um, politically, this, uh, this work.
1: Do you have any upcoming events? Uh, you mentioned about this uh, carnival in June, is there any other projects that you hopefully planning in 2021
2: or later. Yeah, I mean, we are still working and we are, so now currently we have, yeah, also a little podcast project. We have um, a youth uh, project, like we make an international exchange uh, end of uh, May. We have a youth project around environment. And yeah, the Carnival is taking us a lot of uh, engagement, a lot of time. And then we, yeah. We have international cooperation. We want to start again. Hopefully we can travel again and to meet partners from other countries. And then we have um, our <laughs> our aim was to open end of May, also the exhibition area for um, visitors, for guided tours. So this was a a thing we really counted on it, but now it looks like everything is put in question again. <laughs> so yeah, but we still work on this idea to Um, makes the exhibition space uh, really more accessible outside of um evening program but more regularly with the performative course so this is what we are working on now and then yeah we are just waiting for answers from fundraising we made like a theater in the public space we have this idea to make um uh, performances in the backyards so that people can watch from their windows. So to mm-hmm. have a mobile that goes to the people where they are and don't wait that the uh, people come <laughs> because a lot of people have also um, uh, not feeling really comfortable to go to theaters and to uh, high culture places, let's say. And so we want to make it more accessible. So yeah, we have this idea of um, developing this mobile theater, the giant puppets and all this mm, popular theater
1: basically oh, oh amazing i Thank hope you. it will it will take place uh when the weather is nicer and then when we can use outdoors yeah. a little bit more comfortably under this pandemic conditions i hope everything will just go smoothly <laughs> for you guys
2: yeah thanks a lot
1: <laughs> is there anything that you would like to add maybe i just uh forget to ask maybe you want to still Raise an awareness
2: about your collective and um, no, I would oh. just like to uh, promote maybe our carnival. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we still uh, believe that it will happen because the um, right to be in the street and as yeah, a group demonstrating and so on is still possible. So, we have this date of 12th of June uh, and we parade really from Rathaus Neukern over Zonnallee, Karl um, Hermannstrasse, still Hermannplatz. So, we have a big uh, route and with uh, now around twenty organizations and uh, artists who are preparing performances and costumes and so on, so I really uh, um, I would really appreciate if more people can join and neighbors can join in the process so yes this is uh, um, this is now my my call like I would like to to make this kind of a very visible and very participative. That people Really feel also there they have the right to join and make also uh, loud noises and colorful noises, uh, colorful noises, <laughs> colorful statements for the, for the environment. We start at two at Khatas Neukern, and uh, yeah, I mean, we have this uh, webpage page where there's also the different possibilities how to participate. I can send you the link. In. Yes,
1: thank, thank you. you
2: so much, Claire.
1: <laughs> i'm very happy to uh, meet you virtually and then i hope you meet in person
2: yeah but uh, yeah maybe pass by one day i don't know like you're not so far away no i'm
1: not, I'm
2: not. <laughs> yeah so yeah ever you want to to have a, a look and a chat in real life pass by
1: <laughs> definitely i'll let you know that would be lovely
0: thank you so cool. much Art Next Door, prepared by Tuche Eren. Art Next Door is a monthly radio show on Keat FM and a podcast series at Anchor FM. If you like my podcast series, you can support and buy me a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash T-U-C-E. See you in the next episode. Bye.